0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of Dungeons & Degrees. My name's Adrian. And I'm Alex. And today we have a special guest. Special guest, introduce yourself.
1: Hello! My name is Mish. Uh, I am the Golden Gorgon on most platforms. Um, I am a dice maker, and I design dice for Die Hard Dice.
0: I've seen some of Mish's stuff um, on TikTok, and then I followed up like, oh my god, this is amazing. I think it really got me with the Magnus Archive, like, the (laughs) tape. Inside of the uh, the dice and the like, the spider webs, and it was just amazing. In in all honesty, though, I hadn't started watching Magnus Archives. It was much later that I found more appreciation for what that was and what that meant. <laughs> later on, I finally finished it like a month or two ago, and uh, they kind of also released a a teaser that there's something else coming out soon, mm-hmm. which is yeah. awesome as well.
1: Magnus Archives is very good at not revealing the big things about it until the final season which is very much
0: so uh, it it was quite the trip i mean that's what initially got me invested but also just kind of like how does one get started into making dice or like is it just a hobby or is it just a job what is it to you
1: well it was a hobby for sure (laughs) that turned into a job that i did not know existed I got into dice making because I was on Instagram and I saw other handmade dice makers. And I at, before then, I had no idea that you could make your own dice. When I saw people like putting flowers and like pretty glitter. Because before, my first set that I bought was Chessex. And like Chessex is fine. And uh, a staple of our community. Love Chessex. But it was also like my first one was just kind of like two colors swirled together. And when I saw people putting flowers and uh, feathers and... All sorts of cool stuff into dice i was like oh i want to do that and i had just gotten a internship that was paying me like the most money i'd ever had so i had the most spending money i'd ever had and i was like oh, okay i think i'm gonna try this hobby now that i have some extra time and money because it is kind of a pricey hobby to get into it's kind of got a a big you, you gotta you gotta pay for a lot of stuff up front <laughs> before it starts yeah paying off if you're going to sell and some people don't sell at all and that's totally fine Uh, but like you have to get molds um you have to get resin and all the ppe equipment which i did not do when i first started but it is so Hey, if anyone out there <laughs> wants to get into dice making or resin crafting or anything, you need to wear a mask. You need to wear nitrile gloves. You need, you need a good mask. You need an organic vapors ventilator. You need nitrile gloves. You need a well-ventilated area, a pressure pot if you're going to use it. It's a lot of money up front to get all of that.
2: Please um, tell me it's just because you read the instructions and you were like, oh, shit, this is toxic. And not because you had something like happen to you.
1: No, I was very, no, no, I did not have any reaction, uh, which is lucky and good and not, and it doesn't mean that you should just go for it with that. (laughs) Um, No, it was because I later, I was started really getting into researching dice making and then realized, oh, I shouldn't be casting these in my bedroom at all. No, don't do that. It's so bad. (laughs) I just didn't know any better, and it wasn't until after I had really done some research that I realized that I was not doing the correct uh, safety equipment, um, which you should always be doing. But that got me hooked, and um, as I made my first set of dice, uh, f- like February first of twenty twenty, and that sealed my pandemic hobby. <laughs> Um, yes, yeah, so I after... got into
0: podcasting, and that's kind of yeah! also steals my fucking hobby. <laughs> so it's like
1: everyone's pandemic hobby is so fun to see. Yes,
0: um, how it's grown and everything.
1: Yeah, I saw. I just spent like the entire pandemic getting very good at dice making. If I can toot my own horn for a bit. But there is a lot of trial and error at first. But once you like figure out the basics of it and you figure out what you can and can't do, it's very fun to experiment and do things. And then I realized that I can make dice for fandoms that I'm in and things that I enjoy and theme things after characters I like. And that kind of uh, was a whole other avenue of dice making that you can get into. Um, it was also a good way to like get followers on TikTok. One of the things that I hadn't, uh, I, like, I followed a lot of dice makers on Instagram and I was on TikTok but um i hadn't seen any dice makers get into videography like tiktok videos uh, i'm sure mm-hmm. there were some but i wasn't following them uh and my background is videography and cinematography um i graduated in broadcasting and video production like right right after the pandemic <laughs> started um and so i figured hey i'll just combine my two my my two skills uh, and start doing TikTok videos, and that was when I, it, it like, really started to be profitable. I think I... what There was one dice sale I had where I posted about it. Uh, I had a video go pretty big, and then I posted about it after that, and everything sold out within five minutes, and it was insane. And that was when I realized, oh, okay, I think I could... Th- this this could be something <laughs> that was when that was when my parents thought that too they just thought it was a silly hobby before then but,
0: yeah you get that parental approval it's just it was just
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i would have done it without it but um that, yeah. they were like oh you made sorry how much and i was like yeah
2: how overwhelming is that to like put up a bunch of stuff and then just like immediately sell out within five minutes
1: in- incredibly overwhelming incredibly uh as someone with pre- pretty bad imposter syndrome uh i was like gee i hope i sell like two are my prices too high no one's gonna pay for this i'm gonna sold out with <laughs> five minutes and i was like uh, okay <laughs> sure are you guys sure and then you have to worry about everyone uh is g- getting them in the mail and being like i hate it and then sending it back it's no one's ever hated it but um yeah, it's, you know, something that's in the back of your mind.
0: Right. How does that feel, like, putting a price to the stuff that you make, and then, like, also because of that imposter syndrome, saying, like, oh, is, this is too low, this is too high, how do you finally, like, this is it, this makes sense? What is logically making it that's the price?
1: It That has always been something that I've struggled with, is putting a monetary value on something that I create. And I know a lot of creators struggle with that as well. Um, but, like... Uh, Factoring in how much time that you put into a set of dice, uh, the cost of the resin, the cost of the alcohol inks, the cost of the inclusions that you have, the cost of the pressure pot you bought to make the dice, the cost of the paint to paint the dice, the cost of... The uh the polishing pads and the polishing paste and the time it takes to polish the dice. It, it, there's just so much that goes into it that causes the price to go up, which you know if you if you if you buy something handmade, it is going to be more expensive. And handmade dice is pretty expensive because of all the things that I listed. But when you get to like the final price of you're like, okay, this is what probably it should cost, and you think to yourself, no one's ever gonna pay for that. <laughs> But you know what I've learned is that there is. There is always someone that is willing to pay what you're worth, which is very fun. And I like to know that that person is out
0: there. And they keep being out there kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What has been one of your most expensive pieces? Oh, man. Material uh, or just time overall?
1: Uh, poof. I know there are some handmade dice makers out there that like use crushed gemstone, crushed opal, like really expensive. Some people I've seen, I had someone come to me once and ask me if I could put some ashes. Uh, uh, some people like memorial sets for either the pets or even like people they know that were cremated and they would like to have some of their ashes in die, which is like you can't put a price on that. That's super expensive. I mean, it just like from a personal level, um, and I, I didn't feel comfortable working with that medium because I never had before. But I did know uh, some dice maker friends that had before, and I recommended them instead. But for me personally, I mean that Magnus Archives D twenty with the the mini um, uh, tape recorder. <laughs> that mini tape recorder was, I think, I it. I think it was like 30 bucks or something for one little D20. I was going to put it in and wrap it in hot glue that I had spray painted white and cross my fingers. Hope it works. Luckily it did. But um, sometimes I've gotten really into looking up dollhouse minis. Dollhouse minis are excellent to put in dice, especially when I'm looking for something specific and themed, because they're usually around the right size. 112 is what they usually are. And those can be pretty pricey, especially as someone who doesn't have a 3D printer. I have to outsource that or get someone else to paint (laughs) it or something.
0: And then it's like additional costs of outsourcing that help as well, just to get that thing done. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
0: What is something that, all right, what's like your favorite dice that you've made, I guess, for yourself and then for somebody else, or for at least selling?
1: Um, I had a friend ask me if I could make them a set of dice to do a giveaway on TikTok. And I can't sell my handmade dice anymore because I work for a, a big company. Um, it's considered a like a conflict of interest, um, a non-compete. So uh, I give away dice to my friends all the time. Uh, <laughs> and it's actually very fun. Um, but they requested that uh, I make... A rainbow set and I was trying to figure out how to make a rainbow set that wasn't like you know just a normal layered rainbow <laughs> and I think I, I think that ended up being my favorite set ever I just kind of poured all the colors directly on top of each other and didn't move it didn't mix it or anything and uh, crossed my fingers hoped it worked and it kind of created a cool rainbow prism effect that I inked in a nice gold um, that was fun. I also really like. I got into Our Flag Means Death over the summer, and I oh, made yeah. some uh, R Flag Means Death theme dice, and those are. I really liked those as well.
0: I don't what think I've shot. seen that one yet. Is there one with like a prosthetic nose in it? I, I <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> I made I I made nose jar dice. I made one attempt at nose jar dice. Um, and I made the ink too dark and it ended up, you couldn't see any of the noses. So I had to start over, but then other things <laughs> happened and I haven't gone back to a second attempt, but there was a nose jar <laughs> dice. Um, I did uh dice for Jim. It's kind of teal and orange slices and a dagger nice. in the D20. Uh, I did one for Steed
2: and one for Ed. So
1: <laughs> I love being able to make fandom dice.
2: It's my favorite. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> Um, is there one fandom that you're, you've, you've realized that you've pulled or you have a lot more ideas than like anything else or like one that just really jazzes you up?
1: Oh man. What a weird way Um, to ask that question. (laughs) I think, so the dice that I have done fandom, like fandom dice for has been Our Flag Means Death, uh, The Magnus Archives. I have done it for, um, uh, Supernatural because I was, I had a big Supernatural phase and, I also I, I do a lot of dice for uh, unprepared casters. Do you guys listen to unprepared casters? I do D and D podcast. Yeah, I make d20s. Yeah, I make d20s for um uh, to, that are character inspired by some of those arcs.
0: Yeah, they got like each arc is a new set of characters, so oh, it's <laughs> you have so a lot smart. To pull from.
1: It's so smart. They do really short arcs of like s- six to eight episode stories it's it's so hard to get into long form ones for me now so just being able to have like really short (laughs) arts is great
0: yeah especially it's like the podcaster on the go kind of feel Mm -hmm, like yes i can just jump in whenever (laughs) exactly
1: and as some i listen to a lot of podcasts because a lot of my time is now just sitting and like playing with colors or sanding and polishing and i need something else to, to stimulate me as i'm doing that or i'll go insane
0: all right. What is something that you kind of discovered? I guess I'm going to just jump to podcasting real quick. A, a something that like someone referred to you and you're like I'm not going to like this, but then you list, start listening to it and you're like, oh, I absolutely love it.
1: Ooh I mean, definitely the Magnus Archives. I am not a horror fan. All my friends know that I'm a baby. I don't watch any. I don't watch scary movies. I can't do them. <laughs> it's, and so it's someone fair. I, I saw Magnus Archives everywhere on on TikTok, yep. on Instagram. I was like, I guess I'll, I'll listen to this. Sure. And then I <laughs> I had a I, had, I saw a spoiler. I
2: don't know, can we talk about spoilers? Yes. Yeah, oh,
0: yeah, I mean, I don't think Alex, are you going to watch it?
2: I mean, I'll watch it, but I'll probably not that this conversation isn't meaningful. Um,
0: I'll probably forget. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, spoiler, go ahead You should I'm know, it out. is
1: very good And coming from someone that doesn't like horror It's very good um, I saw that uh, There was a gay couple in it And I was like, S- like as a main character? And the internet was like, yes, as-, as main characters And I was like, oh, that's incredible Is there anything else I should know about this? And the internet said, yes, the main character Is also canonically asexual And I said, this is so my shit <laughs> I guess I have to <laughs> I guess I have to listen to this horror show and be very scared so I can uh, experience this uh, revolutionary couple. <laughs> um, and it uh, turns out it's incredible. It's an incredible show. Even if you're not a big fan of horror, the storytelling is incredible. And it's not... I would say that very little of it is, like, too scary to listen to. It's just kind of, like, spooky. It's very X-Files. Uh, I grew up on X-Files, so getting into the Magnus archives, it felt very similar. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, kind of like episodic monster of the week. And then it gets into like an overall, an overarching meta plot that is incredibly well done.
0: Yes. I
1: very agree good. with you.
2: I do not. I, I don't like horror. I'm
1: such a bit. Ba- it's, I don't, I, it's... <laughs> I understand why people enjoy it. I've heard that it's like about like a, an adrenaline rush and you kind of get endorphins afterwards that make you feel good. Sure
0: <laughs> no it's it's okay i'm I'm with you, you I, I'm not, crying I'm not for horror, mm. horror at all. I mean like I don't I just like I'm to sleep scared night. I hate anticipation, it kills me inside. I mm. get antsy, and I just like I don't want to even be here anymore uh watching this thing happen like I know what's gonna happen, but I hate the anticipation. I'd rather just yeah. leave the theater altogether.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my limit is about like nope, did you guys see nope yet
0: uh. No. Did I see it? no? No. <gasps> oh I have not goodness. seen it. I Hold watched up. the
2: Guillermo del Toro, like the shorts that are on Netflix right now. Cabinet of and, Curiosities. Uh, yeah. Uh. And then, so my husband <laughs> put it on because he really likes horror. Like, like that's uh-huh. his jam. He loves all of them. Um, not like, just like, like torture porn, but just like, he likes that. Yeah. He put it on, and then this motherfucker fell asleep. <laughs>
1: and i was cross-watching
2: sleep watching horror i, I d- d- because why not and i'm sitting there cross stitching like i'm going to fucking die like i have to get out from my like worm cocoon to go get the re- remote mm-hmm. or i just watch it and i watched like half of them and i was like this i'm i i i'm not going to be able to sleep i'm not mm-hmm. going to be able to sleep anymore you took a nap and now i'm done
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i haven't seen it for obvious reasons of me being a baby but I've heard I've heard it's good. I heard a lot of those episodes are good.
2: They're good, but they're yeah. still
1: terrifying. Scary. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. My roommate uh, loves horror, so <laughs> he'll go and watch a movie and then immediately come back and give me the play by play of it. And I'm like, fantastic. We now have both experienced this <laughs> horror movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is good enough for me. That's how they did it in the old days, oratory. <laughs> there's a
1: there's a person on TikTok. Uh, hell hath fury, I believe. Who does spoiler? She'll just like ex- tell you the story of the horror movie. It's like going to Wikipedia and reading the plot synopsis. She just tells you the plot synopsis, uh, and that is how I experience my horror films now. Because she's great at it.
2: <laughs> Look at horror becoming accessible. Who knew in really? the <laughs> year of our Lord twenty twenty three that we would be able to just experience horror movies? This year is for the babies. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, this is, this episode will probably come out by then. <laughs> 2023. <laughs> How many games are you in right now of D and D or any TTRPGs?
1: Oh man, I am in one, two, three.
0: I'm immediately four. jealous.
1: <laughs> I just finished up. Uh, we just had. I just had a campaign finale for my Masks campaign. Have you, guys, have you guys ever played Masks?
0: I haven't yet. I bought the, what's it called? I was at Gen Con's, so I bought some of the books there.
1: Oh, you were at Gen Con too? Yeah. Nice.
0: <laughs> I didn't know many people. I just wanted to experience it as exactly. my first con, so. Sure, It was yeah. me just, like, wide-eyed, like, oh my god, look at all the things. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Alright, so Masks. You Masks. played. You finished it. Yes, yeah, so or... we just
1: had our finale uh, last Monday, actually, and it was... I mean, it was really good. It was such a good finale. Mash, by the way, if you don't know, is, uh, it's basically like Teen Titans. It's like it's a Teen Titans role play game where you like teenage superheroes, and it was such a fun group of people I played with, and we had our finale, and it was really good. So yeah, I think I would say I'm in four. Like they're kind of off and on right now, but one that's yeah. once a week. So nice. Yeah, it's it's. I, uh, I can't get enough of playing pretend. <laughs> <laughs> it's so I, great. Every time I someone says, that. I have an idea for a campaign, I'm like, fantastic. <laughs> I'm in. My friend was like, hey, let's do a Breath of the Wild themed D&D campaign. And I said, absolutely. Sign me up. That's Listen,
2: awesome. <laughs> is that just an open box sandbox for y'all just to run around and just be described very beautiful things in hyrule and then like, maybe occasionally yeah. fighting monsters
1: exactly exactly it's I, from what i understand it's going to be like uh instead of link the champion waking up it is the four champions waking up or like the, the uh. champions wake, i think it's five champions yeah waking up and that's your dandy party
2: If it's anything like my playthrough of Breath of the Wild, I'm just going to climb absolutely everything and then get really frustrated that I run out of stamina. I'm going to
1: find horses. (laughs) I want a purple horse. I want a teal horse. I want a black horse. I want a chestnut horse. And they have to be the best stats.
0: Mine was just throwing in things into a pot and figuring out what works. Yeah, (laughs) that
1: too.
0: (laughs) Why is this food pixelated and not good at all? Why is it that?
1: Why did I do so bad at this? (laughs) Oh, there's recipes. Okay. (laughs) Ah, Breath of the Wild is one of my favorite video games, which is I don't think I don't think that's a revolutionary statement.
0: (laughs) Not a hot take. Not a hot take at all. no worries how are these games are you finding these online are you finding these in person through tiktok how are you able to reach out or have the ability Uh, to find these games
1: how How do you make friends how do you make all right so step one (laughs) i know be be a decent person
0: (laughs) oh sometimes it can be hard for some of y'all out there (laughs) (laughs) you guys you you
1: (laughs) already failed step one um (laughs) Yeah, so I've done, I think, all of the above. I played in person, obviously, before the pandemic a lot. Um, I started playing seven or eight years ago. Um, I had a friend, a co-worker, who invited me. I was working in an, an escape room, which was a good time. Um, and my coworker said, hey, I have some friends that are getting a Dungeons & Dragons game together, and I feel like you'd like it. And I said, OK, I've heard of this game and sure, why not? <laughs> so, I made a character on the way to the game I completely I, like, Googled D&D races um, and found a list that was not true uh,
0: and Oh I didn't... no, not the homebrew list!
1: <laughs> I didn't know any better, I thought they yeah, were all legit exactly. so I texted the DM and I said, hello <laughs> I would like to be a Lamia, please <laughs> and little did I know So uh, I didn't know that Alamia was um, Obviously One, not a playable race Two, a type of monster In the D&D monster manual And was in fact going to be The first boss that the party um, Fought In this campaign And So he's panicking <laughs> Because he wants to say yes to me and let me have a good time, bless his heart. But also, that's going to be really difficult for him to do. Um, and so he, like, asked, he was, like, clarified. He's like, okay, what about a lamia? do you want? I said, I really like the cool half-snake body. And he said, oh, okay, that's different. <laughs> that's a yuan And I was like, okay, that please. <laughs> so, yeah, my first character was a yuan uh, rogue. Because I got there and they said, we don't have a rogue yet. And I said, that cool. That sounds, that sounds cool. What's a rogue do? <laughs> the, the downside to playing a rogue as your first character is that you just assume that all characters are really good at everything. And unfortunately, that's not true. <laughs> but um, don't worry. My second character was a bard. So I still felt that way. It was only after I played those two characters that I realized that you can't just be good at everything. Yeah. I I just realized that I had a hyperinflated ego, probably, playing (laughs) D&D, thought I was really good.
0: You you know, you come in playing pretend and you want to be all the things, the the pirate ninja mermaid princess that you've always wanted Mm -hmm, to be, right? mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. you just give me all the accolades. I'm going to be everything I've ever wanted to be. (laughs)
1: Yes yep definitely edgy rogue was first for me which was fun because i didn't know that rogues were edgy <laughs> when i first played it but yeah that's just the the type of character i wanted to play and then being a stereotype and that's nice, just how it is sometimes nice. but yeah i played in person for a very very long time and then everyone that was in that campaign has like moved away i had most of my friends have like moved, in that campaign have moved to new york <coughs> so now i play online with them like once every two weeks or so um nice
0: there was a time to new york (laughs)
1: yeah yeah right i guess i gotta go Uh, (laughs) i actually i go up and visit every once in a while so that we can play in person hell yeah um and because you know new york i'm not gonna make them come down to utah
0: What's Talks wrong with sunny. Utah?
1: No, <laughs> oh, let's not get into that.
0: That's okay. We won't talk about <laughs> Texas, okay, at all. Oh, man.
1: oh, top two, top two best states.
2: <laughs> Listen, um, we're out here trying, okay? We're out here doing our best. And that's that's all that's we all got. I, yeah. I know some pretty fun people in Utah that don't necessarily believe some things that Utah might believe as a general entire state. Um, for sure, they're so weird. Like they're, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: It's,
2: um, it's
1: a whole other experience here. <laughs> My favorite thing is people visiting here who've never, who don't know what they're in for, and being like, "Oh, huh?
2: It's everywhere." You
1: have castles here, I'm like they're not castles. <laughs> they're... Anyway. <laughs> They're not castles. They're not castles.
0: <laughs> oh, I am. I am. I am missing something big about Utah. Uh, the uh, the jazz. temples.
1: <laughs> Utah has uh, temples and churches everywhere, but the temples Gosh, are very I... like grandiose and, um, uh, upon first look, they can be mistaken for a castle. Uh, uh, Adrian. Okay, okay, a few okay.
2: times. do you remember? There's a building in in Lubbock, off of Milwaukee um they open it up during christmas for like advent (laughs) to like look at the so that's it that's not advent what is it the nativity
0: (laughs) okay the nativity scene.
2: yeah yeah so you're allowed to go through like the the nativity yeah you're allowed to walk through part of this church you're not allowed to go through all of it because mormons (laughs) latter-day saint but um it's real it's i don't i you can't you don't know what i'm talking about Adrian. I think it's on Milwaukee.
0: Uh, I, I'm I'm be real. Lubbock, when I was there, it was college. Not a lot of church going. I, Not we a lot of nativity listen. scene thingies.
1: <laughs> My cousin served a mission in Lubbock, Texas. Yes! Oh. Maybe I lived so in you the know where that's at, which, <laughs>
0: which is like, one of the few people who know where that's at <laughs> to come onto <laughs> <watch> this podcast. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, I've ever, anywhere that someone I know has served a mission, it gets in your brain.
0: Are <laughs> you about to like what? Show me a picture? or What? No, no Alex. I'm just trying to
2: figure. out, I'm trying oh. to to find it in my in my head. It's yeah. It's, no, it's, I'm sorry. It's off of Frankfurt. Oh. Um,
0: For, okay, that's a different.
2: Well, it's not no, happening. I don't
0: remember it. Okay. Look, if it's if it's inside the loop, I don't know it. No, it's outside the loop. Because my uncle lives on the south side, and that's all I know. That's all I did last time I was in, in town, and then hang out with my little sister. That's all I did.
2: No, it's over the United off of 60th, whatever. I don't know. Why is the deep going dive so south. loving now? Anyways, hey, it's... Hey, welcome it's ex- to
0: Dungeons in Lubbock. I want to name off fucking streets.
2: <laughs> 80, 82nd the, Street. By the P.F.
0: Changs across from the Walmart.
1: <laughs> welcome to Lubbock and Dragons. We've got... That's where...
2: AJ Lubbock We got dragons. Do you go to... Yes,
0: I probably did. At the P.F. Changs? I, I worked there, yeah. Yes, probably.
2: I know you Listen, surfaced. my
0: next fantasy setting is in Lubbock. Uh, <laughs> that That castle <laughs> you- church... Is where the clerics will hang just...
2: out. <laughs> clerics can't just be Mormon.
1: We can't just do that. Yes, they can. Okay, no. Here's the thing: is that I, I have actually thought about this. I've been trying to figure out what type <laughs> of D and D character a Mormon priesthood holder would be. More, a priesthood holder is like the type of power that God gives men in the worthy men in the church, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they can like give blessings with it and heal people with it. Um, and so to me, I have decided they are a celestial warlock because they have to make a lot of covenants and promises in order to be granted these powers. Mm -hmm. And some of it with a celestial warlock, you get healing abilities. Um, but because like contracts and, uh, packs and oaths are very important in priesthood, uh, Culture? Priesthood culture? Mormon culture, I yeah, guess? the culture. Warlock. It feels very Warlock to me. Celestial Warlock, so. there's That's where all the Warlocks
0: hang out, okay, Alex? Yeah, exactly. In Listen. Fantasy Lubbock!
2: <laughs> I want to now create Fantasy Lubbock, thank you for putting that in my head. <laughs> we'll...
0: a, a spoiler for one of my games, I just spelled Lubbock backwards from one of my games <laughs> that I was playing there, which is Kobol. <laughs> And I just put in extra fucking E's and O's. Like, it's still kind of there, Uh but I just put a little apostrophe, and then they don't know it's just that. (laughs) It's low-maintenance (laughs) world-building.
1: Have you ever played Uh, uh, Vampire the Masquerade?
0: I haven't yet. People have promised me many times before, and I'm trying. I'm trying a lot. I've
1: also never played it. One of my friends uh, uh, DMs for it, and you can just, like, set it in any city you want. So most people Mm -hmm. set it in, like, you know, uh, California, LA. You know, you got LA by night. There's Miami by night. You could just set it in your hometown. You can just set it. I. Can, you can set it in Lubbock, Texas. I can set it in Provo, Utah, <laughs> with vampires. That sounds incredible to me. I want my hometown. What going if with the
2: vampires. vampires are the Mormons? That's listen. We're
1: on the same page. So. <laughs> Because, like, you can't go in the temple unless you're a member. Like, a worthy member. So you're asking permission. You have to, Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. have, like, it all. Yes. (laughs) I'm with you. I think it could be good, is what I'm saying.
2: I think that could also heal a lot of people. Because we talk about (laughs) healing on this podcast through D&D. Tell me that if you weren't experiencing religious trauma, that that wouldn't help. Just...
1: And like vampires are all about religious trauma. They are. They literally look at a cross and gasp and go in other direction.
0: <laughs> and then go egad. <laughs> 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 oh, now I just want to play a bunch of games now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I've recently started getting into other other systems from Dn. I mean, I still love still love DnT. Yeah. Still play a lot of games, but trying to get into other systems too cuz there's a lot to offer. There is.
0: There's so much out there. It's just like that, that for me personally it's the threshold of like learning the new system and, ge- and then also being able to hey other people do totally. you want to geek out on the thing I've been freaking mm-hmm. chucking down knowledge for? <laughs> like I'm just Yep. Here's what I it's want. It's a to tough buy. It's a tough sell yeah. sometimes.
1: When is when is Jonathan Sims? Johnny Sims? going to release an RPG for the Magnus Archives. He already he already owns an RPG company. He designs mm-hmm, RPGs. Mm-hmm. He owns the Magnus Archives. Come on, do them together. I want to play a warlock of the eye. Hell yeah. Call him out right here. Call him out. Johnny Sims, hello. We've never
0: met. You're pretty cool. I've emailed you once. <laughs> <I've>,
1: <laughs> you've ignored seven of my emails, and that's okay, I get it. But, listen. Maybe this ne- one will work. I need an RPG game about the Magnus <laughs> Archives. Please. Please, please. Um, I'll give you that for free. As if you haven't already had that. <laughs> uh, the end. But if I'll nobody just have is to go to my contact
0: it. in the Rusty Quill now. Yeah, w-
1: wouldn't that be wild if no, if he was just like, whoa. Huh. That's a great idea. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'm sorry. That's a good idea. I can't do British <laughs> I
0: can't. It's okay, I don't think I could do any better That was spot on for me
2: <laughs> My kids today asked me If I could speak British And I was like, I don't think Because we were talking about speaking different languages And I was like, sometimes when I talk to y'all I switch languages because I, from high school some t- Somehow re- re- like, Regained the ability To speak some French Whenever I'm trying to speak Spanish with them But then like, I mix it all together and I was do you like, do you I don't know if you guys know Uh, no not like that Uh, only when I'm trying to speak Spanish (laughs) it only unlocks when I'm trying to speak a different language and then Spanish only works when I'm trying to think of French words so like um, but I was telling them I was like hey sometimes when I talk to you I'm like speaking three languages at once because that's just how the brain works and isn't that fascinating Mm -hmm. isn't that wonderful and they were like ma'am do you speak British and I was like I'm that's not how that works that's not how that works
1: (laughs) From what I understand, uh, British is mainly passive aggressive
2: <laughs> tones. So I should have and just said yes. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> You're t- always passive aggressive towards your the children. The children. <laughs>
2: listen, children, <laughs> they're great. But Greg Abbott. That's it, listen. That's it. We can blame it on Greg Abbott again. I'm,
1: I feel like I may have just offended a bunch of British people and all I wanna say is my best friend is British.
2: So <laughs> then you got that in.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Some of my best friends are, you know, I dated a British person before. Yeah. So dating, like, a it's not, So like, it, you know, I think I'm okay.
1: <laughs> I love, be- look, I love beans on toast. It's fine.
2: I have a, a hey, commemorative tin is... from Megan and Harry's wedding. Oh,
0: Oh, Very nice. Close enough. See, Uh, we're good. (laughs) Everyone's clear. (laughs) Basically British.
2: Basically. (laughs) Except my family is Scottish and Irish, which is
0: which is like
2: (laughs) super (laughs) anti-British.
0: Depending on who you ask, you're either are or not part of that. (laughs)
1: <laughs> if you ask a British person you're a part of it if you ask a Scottish yeah, ask a Scottish person if you're British and they will uh, murder you
0: someone is wrong I know but I'm not gonna that's not my That's not my culture war over there <laughs> you know the answer <laughs>
1: sorry that's a whole tangent
0: alright where the fuck were we <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit. Oh, um what I wanted to say earlier, you're talking about like you giving out dice. We had somebody, I think uh do you know Professor Dandy?
1: Yes. Uh Mason? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Of course.
0: He, he, he talked about having one of your dice and that being one of your his favorite Aww, dice. Are or you, so you gave nice. it to him at the con? Yeah. Yeah. Also Mason's just been like helping me out (laughs) so much
1: (laughs) i took a a big bag of dice to gen con and just uh let people pick a random one like you couldn't you had to just stick your hand in and grab one um and that was a lot of fun i didn't bring enough which is wild because i brought 40 of them you made 40 more next time
0: how was your gen con experience
1: so good it was it was so good the Yeah, my company, so Die Hard Dice only went because they had such strict, like, vaccination like, vaccination and masks requirements, they had really strict requirements for all that, so we felt comfortable going Um, We haven't been to any in Utah or anywhere else just because we have people that work there that are very immunocompromised, Mm -hmm. so we have to uh, not go to a lot of cons but because Gen Con had, like, a lot of those requirements we ended up going it was a lot of fun it was a good time i got to meet a lot of my internet friends in person um sometimes when i'm sad (laughs) i think about how everyone rushed to get my handmade dice on the first day of the con it it was so cute everyone was just right in front because i had I, i had made um a bunch of handmade oversized d20s that we were selling and i had like talked about them online for a bit and like posted pictures and stuff and um, it was it was really good. I wasn't sure that they were gonna sell, and it was great to be able to see all those people immediately rush to my booth. Feel good, feel good moment.
0: Your hobby turned into a job. How did did you just apply? And like, hey, look, this is what I've made. How was the application process like that?
1: So uh, my boss Jesse posted uh, a call. on Twitter, and said, hey, we're looking for people that have worked with resin before, preferably a handmade dice maker, because they just needed some help uh, at Die Hard. And I was not on Twitter at that point. (laughs) I did not see it. I was big on Instagram at the moment uh, while that was happening. And I had a friend who uh, Firebolt Dice, Renna. Thank you, Renna, for everything. (laughs) She, uh, screenshot that tweet and posted it on her instagram story and i saw that and she specifically said hey any utah dice makers and i was like utah so i looked up Die Hard dice and i was like wow they are in utah that's where i am um <laughs> so i just like responded to the story which is like the eye emojis just like whoa interesting and she messaged me back and she was like if you're interested, I've already given them your name and told them all about you. I was like, holy, what? <laughs> Hell um, yeah, dude. <laughs> um, at homie. the time, I was working at a news station, one of the only news stations in Utah that still had uh, people as running the cameras. That's largely being phased out, which was scary because that was my job at the time. But yeah, when when I saw that, I thought, okay, well, I'll apply for it. It'll be fun to apply. It'll be a good laugh, I guess, because I won't get it um, because <laughs> I'm just some chump <laughs> who does dice in their spare time. And uh, I applied for it. I got an email back uh, pretty quickly saying, sure, send us like examples of your work. So I sent some examples of my work, just like a bunch of my favorite dice sets that I'd made. Um, I did a really like I remember specifically choosing this one set that I'd like made a, a Kraken set that had like tentacles in it and was like holding a book and it was like pretty intricate. Uh, I just wanted to like show off all the different kind of stuff I t- could do. Um, and I got a Zoom interview. Um, and when I interviewed, um, I had like I was like, OK, it has to like pay more than I'm making right now. And it has to have benefits because I currently don't have benefits. Uh, and I was just, my expectations were so low. I was like, this job sounds so fun. So there has to be a, f- uh, a, a like, when's the shoe going to drop? Because it sounds too good to be true. <laughs> so I got to the interview and lo and behold, it had, it checked off everything. I said that I wouldn't get it if it <laughs> if it didn't have those. And I really liked the owners. We clicked pretty quickly. Uh, it seemed like we meshed really well. And uh, yeah, I was invited to come tour the warehouse and I went and toured uh, and really got along with everyone there. Me and my coworker, so my coworker, Chris, he interviews a lot of people there and we talked for like two and a half hours, just shooting the breeze and just talking and went and he was so enthusiastic to talk to me too. And when I left that, I was like, I think I have this job. Because we just talked for two and a half hours over just D&D stuff. I think I have it. So now I have to think about this seriously. Um, And yeah, then they offered me the job. And it was uh, better than I could have imagined. And I took it. And now I've been working there for about a year and a half. It's the best job of my life. (laughs) I... The, the saddest part about getting this job is I can no longer relate to the Twitter memes of people who hate their job, so.
0: <laughs> oh no! I'm
1: no oh longer no. one of you. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good company, oh
0: Those no! Those chumps!
1: <laughs> yeah, it's so much fun. I'm having the time of my life
2: working here. That's amazing. How much creative freedom do you have within it?
1: a lot uh it, it like depends on like it depends on a few things if i'm working with a client uh doing like a partner product um i conform to whatever they want obviously i I do what they want uh oftentimes i can like pitch something to them and say here's what i think of when i think of your show or i think of your character or whatever um and they like usually they'll like be like oh that's great let's edit it uh to do this or this and then i'll recast and redo a different pitch And, um, yeah, so some, some, uh, clients are more willing to have, like, give me creative freedom than others. Uh, my first year working at Die Hard Dice was almost exclusively doing partner products. Just recently, I think 2023 is going to be a lot of families of dice that I pitched and I have created just kind of, uh, by my, by myself and been like, hi, what do you guys think of these? And everyone's like, yes, let's make them. So... Uh that's been a lot of fun to be able to come up with my own families of dice and a lot of times what will happen is um, uh, my boss will approach me and say, hey, we need uh, a family of this kind, this style of dice. Can you think of a few pitches and come up with some samples and we'll talk about it in the design meeting? And I'm like, sure, of course. And that's my favorite is being able to work within like uh, a few, a few rules, a few bounds and then come up with a fun family. And, um, yeah, hopefully there will be a lot of those in 2023 that I'm excited
0: about. Hell yeah. Excited to see that.
1: Me too.
2: What is your favorite one so far? If you can, can you talk about them?
1: Uh, favorite one of what? What that has been released already?
2: Sure. (laughs) Whatever is most likely to be able to be talked about. Mm. Yes. (laughs)
1: Cause like I can't I can't talk about any that how have, that haven't been released yet or hinted at yet, just because stuff changes all the time. So who knows? I don't want to give false hope. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, there's one around October that I'm hoping I'm hoping will come out around October that I'm very excited about. But I really like I got to design the. Jester set for Critical Role that hasn't come out yet, but people know of its existence, so that's good. (laughs) That one was fun. I really liked designing the Dungeons and Daddies dice. I can't wait for everyone to see them. I got to... Oh, I got to... uh, uh, Do do either of you guys listen to The Adventure
0: Zone? (laughs) I watched uh, the first couple, the first season.
1: Yeah, Balance. Uh, So... We do designs based on Evelyn's design, but I, me and my, bo- my boss for the first one, we got to uh, kind of translate that design into a mass manufactured version. So yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun too, to be able to do that. There, there's, I've learned that there's a lot of differences in handmade dice and dice for mass manufacturing. It's been a very interesting journey.
0: Do so you get direct interaction with these clients? Or is it just like, there's a middleman between you all too? There you go. Those are
1: the words. <laughs> it depends. Depends on the person. Um, some some okay. clients they go through a merch company. Some uh, go through a someone in their business side that is in charge of merch. Um, some mm-hmm. we have conference calls with face to face where we uh, sit down and talk to them and ask them what they want and uh, talk talk out what's possible like directly to their face. It just depends on the person. Those are fun though. I enjoy those. Yeah. Gotcha. Awesome.
0: That's cool. Um so were you ever starstruck by somebody that you were like, oh, We get to work with them, we get to work with these sick people? Oh yeah. All the time. Uh, oh yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> I mean Dungeons and Daddies. <laughs> my my first week at Die Hard Dice, you know, we were talking about the the different clients and it's like what was expected of me and stuff and I had mentioned that Dungeons and Daddies was my favorite D D podcast at the time, um, and I was like, "Man, it would be so fun if they came to us for merch for for dice." And then a month later, <laughs> I walked into work, and my coworkers were like, "Guess what email we just got?" <laughs> I was like, "No," but yeah, that was uh, that that was probably my favorite moment. Hell yeah!
2: What is the difference between? Like mass manufactured dice and then independent dice?
1: So handmade dice, you can get a lot. have. They just have a lot more artistry to it because you have like one person spending a lot of time on one set of dice. You can get a whole bunch of different inclusions. Mass manufacturing is obviously for a, a lot of people, so you can't put as much care it, like, I mean, not care. I I put a lot of care into it. You can't, like, put as much time. You have to think about, like, okay, is this something that can be done quickly? Is this something that can be done on a large scale? So, you know, me making, buying a, a $30 3D printed Magnus tape recorder, you can't do that on a mass manufacturing scale. <laughs> or if you can, I don't know about it. But,
2: yeah. <laughs> so it is the artisan part of it, like... Like, I'm going to be able to add in really whatever I want, whereas Mm -hmm. your standard dice are going to be, like, flakies and colors.
1: Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Both aspects are, like, really rewarding. I really, like, I enjoy knowing that a lot more people are going to be able to get their hands on a specific design that I made. Because if I make it in handmade, I know maybe one or two people will ever have that set mass manufactured I know a lot more people are gonna be able to like a afford it um and like I I can't sit and make a hundred (laughs) sets it has to be one or two at a time
2: what does your glitter look like like is that is that as magical as I'm like thinking about like you just have like all of these different choices of colors and glitters just sitting in front of you and you're like just maniacally laughing that you get to play with it
1: pretty much I think that's pretty spot on (laughs) Uh I do need you to take your idea of this like magical glitter and just imagine it everywhere. <laughs> imagine glitter everywhere. Powders strewn across the room. I have zero organizational skills. It is unfortunate. My lab is a mess. <laughs>
0: How's your roommates feel about the glitter situation? (laughs) Do you bring it home? Mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's a good question that I haven't asked. (laughs) 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 Mostly what it is, is I annoy him by saying, here's all the dice drama that happened today. And he's like, I don't care. (laughs) Just kidding. He doesn't say that, but just everyone around me is so tired about hearing about dice. I'm like, here's this cool thing I did in dice today. And they're like, okay.
0: I've seen some of the Dice drama through your TikToks.
1: (laughs) It's so weird that there is drama in every industry, in every single niche industry. One of my favorite TikToks is someone being like, please stitch this and tell me about the niche drama on your side of TikTok. And then there's like Bratz Dolls Collectors TikTok drama. There's like Knitting drama. There's Dot Art drama. And it was probably my favorite time period on TikTok was learning about all
0: of this niche drama. (laughs) (laughs) all right alex we're about to hit the hour mark uh any last questions no
2: i need to close my browser because as we've been talking i've been looking and i'm like oh those are cool oh my gosh oh look at the bags that are associated (laughs) look at this whole collection oh wait if you wait then you can like support somebody through their business of like getting to create their own design so maybe you should just wait until next year but then like what about now? But like, I actually don't play in person and the game I, I
1: just always recommend support oh, you gotta you roll physical dice anyway. It's the best.
2: You know I do, but the game I was playing
1: just got canceled. Oh no. <sighs> I know. Yeah, I always recommend supporting handmade makers. They're all over TikTok and Instagram. I they I adore them. One of my favorite things about working for Die Hard Dice is that handmade makers are like always a thought they're like okay is this thing that we're doing is it stepping on the toes of handmade makers no okay we can it's like they're constantly trying to make sure that we stay in separate territories and it's nice because some companies don't do that but uh it's really nice to be able to see that that is a thought because you know my roots are <laughs> handmade dice making <laughs> that's where i came from so it's nice to be able to see that the company cares about that and
2: it's it's uh it's nice yes. Are there trends anyway. in dice making?
1: Oh, yes. Absolutely <laughs> there are trends. My favorite thing is when someone comes up with a trend and everyone's like, oh, "You can do that." And so everyone else tries it. There was like blank Are you aware of what blanks are? Yes. I am. Adrian, I don't know if you are. No. <laughs> so blanks in dice are so you have your dice you can make a blank, which is basically a smaller version of that die, but with no numbers on it. So you can like do stickers on it or paint on it or do all sorts of fun, like have a different color uh, too. Um, and then you put that in the die, like you put you put that little die in a bigger die that'll then put numbers on it. So you can do cool stuff that's protected by resin. And that was a huge, like that's almost standard now. But when I first started, that wasn't really a thing. And that just became, like, a huge trend. Like, the styles of D- of dice, like, the different shapes of dice are a trend. D4 shapes are huge. Like, there's, like, s- five different types of D4s you can get, which is great because the pyramids
2: suck. I'm sorry. Hot take. Pyramids suck. The pyramids are uncomfortable to both play yeah, with. take that,
0: Egyptians. <laughs> pyramids suck. No! <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, no, <laughs> that's not oh. what I meant. <laughs>
2: now, the, no, the, they're just, the they're pyramid just, style, they're a lot. <laughs> I can see that.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, they're they're pointy and I step on them.
2: Yeah. What's that's trendy the right
1: that, now? Uh, the, sure. oh, right now. I was just going to say that's the reason that Die Hard chops off the, the edges is so that you don't step on it and hurt yourself. Um, what's trendy right now? <clears throat> Um, I think we just got out of a big pigment paste phase. A lot of handmade makers were using pigment pastes. Um I mean got out of it. I still use pigment a lot of dice makers <laughs> use pigment paste.
2: I guess the liquid oh. cores, wouldn't they? Are those
1: Liquid cores are probably huge. They've they've been huge for a bit. They have been. But yeah, liquid core is currently something that I haven't done. I I know how to do it theoretically, but ugh, I was just outsourcing all the all the stuff and then Doing all sorts of really pretty stuff, and then you post it on the internet, and the first thing that happens is fifty people comment and say, "Is it balanced?" And you're like, "Fuck
2: off! Fuck off!"
1: It's pretty, and yes, it's
2: balanced, but not who cares? (laughs) Who cares? I did see, and I don't know the creator, and so I'm about to like, but if you, I, I found, I saw, I think on TikTok, um, a liquid core dice where they kept everything frosted except for like the d20 the 20 on the side and so that was like
1: yes polished yes. and beautiful and the, it's the like, sea oh. glass matte finish yes yeah, the sea glass matte finish i believe that was cosmic uh cosmic creations dice yes because they just went viral over one tiktok video where it was all matte except for that one I just want to make sure that I
0: got the oh, Like the window thing? Yeah, gorgeous yes.
1: work. I love that. Cosmic
0: chaos dice.
2: Yeah, cosmic chaos
1: dice! Yes, those were great. Loved those. Um, yeah, I like doing matte matte finish dice. I call them sea glass dice. And it actually just means that you don't polish your masters all the way through. And then you mold it. <laughs> and then you finish polishing
2: them. Quick hack. It's gorgeous. Like, it's. I'm not only just sending this to you to like... They're just beautiful. They're perfect, <laughs> and Christmas is coming up.
1: And Christmas <laughs> is coming up. That's a good point.
2: <laughs> I like. I love sea glass in general, right? So, like, all mm-hmm. of that hits. My first set of dice. My first set. My second set. Where are my dice? Oh, there's. I had a friend who would be real. Who was really good at Magic the Gathering, and so would win store credit at our game store. Um, he got to the point where he was like, I literally don't need anything else. Here are my credits. Oh my and goodness. I was like... That's incredible. Excellent. So, I do. I have them right here. I'm like, like how cute. <gasps> Ooh. I know. And they're the rounded. Those are cute. They're just... The they're all are you a
1: sharp edge fan or a round edge fan?
2: I like the rounded edge. I don't think... I don't have a sharp edge dice, though. I don't have any. So, I can't tell you... Like I like that different. Like I I I like the Chessex dice. I was also a broke kid for a very long time. So
1: would you would would you like a sharp edge dice? No, don't see. do
2: this to me. I don't want to take your creations. <laughs> I I mean obviously obviously again
1: I just give them out all the time.
2: <laughs> I mean listen we will we will wrap it up afterwards. I do have the tiny baby ones that I'm obsessed. Oh, those with. are cute. The littlest ones are my favorite. I'm getting to the point where they have to be in a certain spot in my eye so I can see them. Mm. So that's what getting old looks like.
1: Oh, I'm so sorry.
2: <laughs> but yes, I would love and to. I can tell out.
1: you're 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 so I can just see how old you are. <laughs> you're,
2: you are not old. <laughs> With this weather, both yeah, looks- my hip and my knee, hip and knee. It was like We went out to eat yesterday.
0: It's raining. It was raining.
2: (laughs) It's been cold. And, like, I, like, slid into the booth and I was like, give me a second. Like, I have to, like, think about how I'm moving my entire body to slide (laughs) into this booth so I can have somebody else sit next to me because it just, like, like, I had to just move my leg, like, with my hand. It's, I look some type of way, but, like, the inner part of me is like, ah, we could be dead soon. We could just. (laughs)
1: to be fair that's kind of just an internal monologue for everyone right now
2: you're right it's true you're right you're not wrong no part of this is wrong but um yeah i might as well be a thousand might as well (laughs) Adrian,
0: my dad's a thousand okay you can't be a thousand (laughs) you're right all right anything else
2: no I'm I'm excited I'm I didn't know I was I knew the trends of dice now i I feel kind of <laughs>
1: I'm excited They're, yeah it's fun to it's fun to see what the trends are I feel like I feel like there's a really obvious one right now that I'm missing I'm just so locked into work now that I'm not <laughs> logged into the... as
0: soon as we stop recording it's just gonna be pop right on the top of your brain
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 exactly I'm gonna send you guys a message later and be like, "It's this."
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, where can they find you, Meech?
1: You can find me at the Golden Gorgon um, on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. For now, <laughs> who knows what if Twitter will True. be alive for this airs. <laughs> But yeah, I make a lot of TikTok videos about dice making in D and D and stuff. Um, I post a lot of my dice on Instagram. Um, I also post them on Twitter, and uh, yeah, that's uh those are the big three, I believe.
2: Awesome, Alex. Thank you, dear listener, for joining us on another episode of Dungeons and Degrees. Um, you can follow us on all social medias, like Mitch said. Hopefully, Twitter is still a thing because, like, a lot of people use it, but like, also it's kind of weird and now problematic. But like, also we're trying to take down the the insulin companies so like that's a cool turn of events we'll we'll take what we can get yep (laughs) yep this is the weird world we live in right now uh please also like share and subscribe all of our podcasts wherever you listen to your pods that are cast it's the holiday season baby so just annoy your family with with the soothing sound of adrian and i bickering at each other while we make other people talk us talk to us about their life Um, if that's just not enough and you're like, can I do more? Uh, yes, dear listener, you can absolutely do more. You can also follow us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash dungeons and degrees. You can help support us for as low as $3 a month. How great is that? And you get to have fun stuff that Adrian and I definitely will talk about and definitely will eventually do in our lives. And that's just going to be a party that you just have to be a part of.
0: Yes, it's going to be a grand, a grand plan to. Uh, stay no alive. threats today. Uh, <laughs> I didn't threaten
2: anybody. I'm in a different mood.
0: That's right. Hey, if <laughs> are we supposed to threaten somebody today?
2: You know, I don't. I don't feel like
0: it. Are we turning over a new I leaf this year?
2: Should
0: <laughs> 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 I leave you two alone? I not it, It's usually to our listeners. Don't worry yeah, about, it. It.
2: <laughs> about it. It's not people here. It's the the dear listener.
0: Yeah, the dear listener uh yeah no thank you so much for listening my name's adrian
2: i'm alex and i'm yeah
0: go have some fun (laughs)